Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? Um, I've been better, I have to say, Chris. <laughs> Uh-oh. Did somebody get COVID? I, I got COVID. Not only that, uh, last Thursday, I passed my driving test and then hey. instantly instantly got covid which is just oh. like i mean they, they, they sort of say you know once you pass your driving test there's a whole lot of freedom you know you look look at the world in a different way you can go anywhere you can go left you can go right you can go forward you can go backwards but not in my case uh i've been stuck in my house for the last you week went so uh went downwards oh, no. fucking miserable oh so fuming i was one of those um breakthrough cases uh where i've had two jabs two two astrazeneca's and uh yeah they uh i, I just instantly uh instantly got covid fuming fuming i am fuming well, at least you were vaccinated. It would have been a lot worse oh, yeah. had you not got the I vaccine there. Uh... I was not having a nice time last uh, sort of Friday, Saturday, and I'm so glad that uh, I was able to... Uh, yeah, I was so glad that I was, I was vaxxed because I would have been in all kinds of trouble. I felt bloody dreadful, really out of breath, really what tired. What were the symptoms? Really well, um, I didn't realise... My symptoms sort of started earlier than I sort of realised because I, um, I had a I had cold. I, I had a cold basically, and I was like, "That's mm. a bit weird." Like, so I was lateral flowing it because I was like, "Look, I don't think this is a COVID symptom," but uh, so and I was blowing negatives, and then suddenly, sort of Thursday night, Friday morning, I uh, I got I got a PCR test and it came back positive. So yeah, it, I, it was very much all in the nose. Um, my right toe, my right middle toe went numb mm. for some reason. I'm not really, it's, it's just weird stuff like that, really. Very, very weird. So I'm hoping that, um, I'm going to have a bit, enough puff to get through this show, but, uh, <laughs> hopefully I will. <laughs> At last, I can finally get a word in on the podcast. Only yeah. took COVID-19, yeah. but, uh, I'm glad you're pretty much back to normal now though. It only lasted what, three or four days? Whole yeah, pretty. I mean, the worst of it was three or four days, but I'm I'm still kind of mm. puffed out a little bit. But uh, mm. I'm just sort of spending a lot more time in bed, and uh, I finished finished a video game, finished Thimbleweed Park uh, from the creators of Monkey Island Two, Ron Gilbert and uh, another bloke, and then, yeah, Thimbleweed Park is kind of like um, 
It's like a spiritual successor to Maniac Mansion because obviously Ron Gilbert worked on that back in the day. And uh, yeah, not a bad, not a bad little game. Ten out of ten. <laughs> the benefits of being ill, you get to write off the day. Oh, a few it's days. lovely. Absolutely, it's rare that it's rare that you sort of get that situation where you can kind of just you know get stuff, get stuff finished, get stuff done. It's lovely. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I got I got uh, vaccinated the other day, second jab, and mm. that knocked me out for a day. And I just sat in bed and watched like TV and stuff. And mm. I've done that in months. So it takes getting ill to to step back and get, yeah. get take off work. It's nice, isn't it? <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah, it's brilliant. Lovely. Surreal. Surreal. But at least we've got the scoop on what it's like to get COVID-19 right here on yep. the 400 Pound Podcast. As yep. Pete deliberately caught it, just get so we could have the scoop to talk about it. <laughs> Petri dish. Just call me Petri Dish Donaldson. Petri, Petri dish Donaldson. Donaldson. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, dear. Well, we've got a story this week from Joshua in Houston, Texas. He says, howdy, Chris and Pete. Long-time listener, Joshua here. Uh, I'm reaching out to tell you of an experience my wife and I had on our first trip to Japan in 2015. We were in the middle of a two-week trip around Japan, and as part of the trip, we scheduled three lovely days in Kyoto. We had several things we knew we wanted to see and do there, and knowing the infamous Japanese public transit system, we didn't think that this would be a problem. The plan for our first afternoon was to go hike up Arashiyama. Uh, and see with the and see the monkeys, Pete Donaldson's favourite place, mm. and then head back into town to have dinner with our friends. However, best laid plans of monkeys and men. While we had a beautiful time on that side of Kyoto, the hike up and down took much longer than we had originally anticipated, and so we decided we would just go take a quick look around the bamboo forest and then run back to the station to get dinner. Uh, however, in our haste, we ended up getting lost in the higher end neighborhood around the bamboo forest we know saw we saw no familiar signs and we were beginning to get a little panicked just at that moment an older japanese woman came around the corner so we did our best to communicate that we were looking for the train she smiled and went ha 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 yeah and nodded and pointed us down the street and motioned for us to simply keep on going after a five minute walk we found ourselves at a train station um though it was not the train station that we had arrived at, we figured it was probably just the next stop on the same line. <laughs> however, old God, however, things quickly started to give us signs that uh, something was off. Firstly, they didn't accept our JR rail passes, and instead they said it would cost about 800 yen each. Furthermore, when we got on the train, we noticed it was much smaller than the usual train that we travelled on, uh, being made up of only three cars. Anyhow, we quickly found a few seats by the window as the train started to leave the station in the opposite direction that we needed to go at a pace of about three miles per hour. <laughs> Patronizingly, that's, that must be so frustrating. Uh, as the other passengers on the train began opening windows and pulling out cameras, we realized we'd gone onto a scenic view train. <laughs> we thought we were simply going to be on a 20-minute train ride back into Kyoto. It turned into a slow, hour-long creep through the mountains. At the end of this unexpected detour, the train came to a stop, not in Kyoto, but in the middle of some random farming community. We looked around and saw only rice paddies and a, and a two-lane road. How were we going to get back? Where the heck were we? Why is there a slow train that simply drops people off in a rice field? Uh, we had a confused moment of surreal laughter as we pushed the panic from our minds. Fortunately, we noticed there was a small group of people who were walking in procession over a hill, and we, know, and we decided it was our only choice but to follow them. Praise be the Lord, when we got over the hill, there was a small JR station for the line back to Kyoto. Even though it was an inconvenience at the time, we had a good laugh about it and uh, with our friends when we were finally able to meet up. Thank you again, guys. All the best from Joshua and Houston. Story there about Japan's <laughs> rather bizarre train system. What a lot of people don't know is Japan's 
train companies. There's so many different train companies. And um, some of them are owned by like JR. Some of them have got like a completely different owner. But often it means you can't travel on the same rail line and um, mm. it gets bloody confusing. And it, I've def- I've been in that situation at least two or three times over the years. So it, not it's more like... I'm always surprised about, you know, obviously Japan's got an incredible uh, reputation for uh, trains being on time and trains being punctual and trains being bloody useful uh, because they, they, of those um, reali- reali- reliability uh, mm, you know, mm. aspects. Um, but out in the sticks, the, the, how quickly the trains go... Uh, like hurtle down those kind of tr- those kind of more rural tracks. You're, I'm always surprised. Like, oh, there's not another one for an hour, and it takes flipping ages. I may as well bloody walk. <laughs> like Kagoshima <laughs> to like uh, you know Kumamoto and stuff. Like places like that, you do sort of go, oh shit, yeah. It does like Kyushu's actually? It's not great for trains, certainly. Mm. Uh, you know, outside of the usual Shinkansen. Yeah, definitely get the bullet train from Kagoshima to Kumamoto. <laughs> I, I haven't actually been on that many local trains over the years. They are very slow. Often mm. they don't have a toilet on and they get stranded on it, going very th- slowly and methodically through the countryside and nowhere to <laughs> escape to an emergency. Um, but yeah, I, I, they're, they're lovely. Japan's trains. And if you're lucky, you might get like a special <laughs> painted one. You might get the mm. uh, cat train of Wakayama we mentioned a few weeks ago. Oh, There's always some sort of cats. train. Don't bring up <laughs> them cats, Chris Broad. <laughs> a lot of We're people defending you on Twitter about your cat nation. Cat nation. <laughs> Best presenter of a cat documentary in the history of the world. True. Let it be known. That'd be nice. Oh, since we last did a show, uh, Chris, your uh, episode of Speaking of Trains, you and uh, Natsuki on that big posh train going oh, to yeah. that, the sand dunes from, from, from Tokyo, I think it was. Wow, what what a what an amazing train. Certainly uh, beats the, the old Caledonian sleeper into a cocktail from uh, London to <laughs> Glasgow to Edinburgh. I've never been on that. Is it nice? I imagine you've been on uh, it. It's got better. I think they uh, they put some new rolling <laughs> stock on, but uh, yeah, it was really starting to show, show its age mm. uh, last couple of years. <laughs> well, as I, I mean, as I said in the video, like uh, yeah, unfortunately, Japan's sleeper trains are very much a dying breed. There used to be a really mm. nice train that went all the way to Hokkaido, got replaced by the bullet train and low cost airplanes, and yeah, and you know what? Honestly, tr- planes are just easier. I don't really mm. like flying, but we got that night train for twelve hours from Tokyo to Totori. And then we flew back and, you know, the journey there felt never ending. The journey back felt like laughably <laughs> quick. It was like 50 minutes on the plane. We flew straight over Kyoto, amazing views, mm. straight over Osaka, past Mount Fuji, landed Tokyo, job done. The train journey <laughs> going, it's just so long. It's, it's really long. And um, not only that, but you just don't sleep. I had yeah, yeah. no sleep. I felt so rough and I did, I think I did a pretty good job hiding it. Uh, in the video, well, the video you certainly we're did about- better than you, you did. You certainly did better than Natsuki because Natsuki <laughs> wakes up the next day and he pretends he's had a lovely night's sleep and he and he feels fine, but he's clearly <laughs> been up eating ham and drinking beer until <laughs> God knows when. He loved it. He loved it. I don't know why he got like the good room, like the the, the room with like a wash basin <laughs> and a desk that he could write a novel at in between consuming <laughs> copious quantities of beer and ham. Or I had like a crappy twin room, which had like no ventilation. It was like a, <laughs> an oven. I, I, I honestly, I don't know if I'd ride it again. Like, yes, it's kind of cool. Like the best bit uh, was when we woke up in the morning uh, after forty minutes sleep in my case, and had just the most amazing countryside views. Like you sort of go mm. through Hiroshima and um, Okayama and uh, and then Totori, but the scenery is stunning, mm. really beautiful. 
Um, it's, it's cool, but like, yeah, I didn't sleep. And uh, I I recommend doing it, though. You should get on it, mm. Pete. I think you'll enjoy it. And the sand <laughs> dunes are nice. At this point. Yeah, I mean, the sand yeah. dunes were kind of cool. Like, yeah. you know, as well as I do, most Japanese tourist spots, they always hype it up. They always make it look better than it is. But they get like a clever angle with the camera. They mm. use Photoshop. And then you get there and it's rubbish. And I think most people kind of have seen that about Totori sand dunes as well, right? You think, oh, someone's just got a clever angle. But they are pretty big and they are very impressive. And I would love to go back. And uh, I, I can recommend it. But I uh, just, just take an umbrella, don't get sunburnt, and you'll enjoy it. <laughs> but yeah, it's got like <laughs> 1.4 million views. People love it. Train videos. Yeah. They're up there with capsule hotel videos in terms of views <laughs> love train views. video trains and capsule hotels isn't it? <laughs> do you remember actually we had a story uh, a few months ago where a, a drunk woman in yokohama got in a taxi and was like take me to the totori sand dunes and the driver mm. was like are you sure and she was like, like eight yeah hours or something wasn't it, it was like eight crazy. hours yeah. 500 kilometers i can't remember what the bill was it was like five grand or something mm. it might have been more than that it was a lot of money um and then she got arrested because she got out at the end and she was like, I'm not paying. And the taxi driver, <laughs> he must have been like, for God's sake, why did I do this? I've just dri- <laughs> <laughs> What is going Why did you do it? Why yeah. did you do that? It's I mean, it just seems like it, 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 even like if you didn't want to be there, like it, it, just, it would just massively inconvenience you. You wouldn't like see financially, uh, emotionally, like you wouldn't see you, 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 the inside of your own brain for like a week after that. Like, I've just <laughs> driven for like eight hours to get to some sand dunes for no bloody reason. <laughs> Directly he just like got, got out the taxi, stood on the dune, just rolled down it. So like, fuck it, I'm going to roll down it then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A few I mean, moments you know. of fun. <laughs> I wonder if it was his first time there and he thought, oh, that's great. I'll get paid five grand and I'll get to see. And that can roll the down great the sand dunes. Yeah. <laughs> Two birds, one yeah. stone. Wasn't Definitely. that, was it? It was one bird, one stone. What a disaster. I hope one he got June. paid, though. I hope, I hope they got some money out of the woman somehow. But anyway, mm. on the, the subject of this week's <laughs> news story is about taxes. And uh, unfortunately, Japan is looking at giving passengers the option of tipping taxi drivers. I say unfortunately because I'm not a fan of the tipping culture. I think it's too gone too far in the West. Like instead of paying people an actual good salary, we mm. don't. We pick, and it, then we we pick that tipping. side up for them, yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, th- I think in some instances tipping is good, right? At restaurants, I know a lot of people that actually make way more money from tips than they do from the wages, and I think that's great. But then obviously it goes the other way. And certainly when I was a waiter at a castle – I never got any tips because we did it as like a group. All the tips mm. got piled into a pot and then it got shared out amongst like 25 people and he got like a pound and it was rubbish. And it was mm. like, why bother then? Because all the and, people and who didn't put the like, effort in got the spoils yeah. that you you deserved, you know. And, and and we've said it before, like companies rely on that and they, they pay below market and certainly below minimum living wage mm. uh, wages, knowing full Absolutely. well that, that that money will be topped up by by tips, which shouldn't be the way it is. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, that's one of my favourite things about Japan. There's no awkward tipping culture. There's no finishing a meal and then debating Mm. over how much you should pay the waiter, depending on their service. The service Mm. in Japan is always amazing. Everything works. It's brilliant. And then you don't have to tip. Like, this is the way the world should be. I hope they they pay people a good wage. I hope they pay people a good salary here. Um, But 
they're looking at now introducing tipping for taxi drivers. A company called Samokotsu uh, is trying to innovate. And among the services they've offered uh, are ninja drivers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and in honour of the Tokyo Olympics, drivers outfitted in fencing gear. Fantastic. <laughs> I don't know why that would be good. I could well, it would be terrible because you're wearing a bloody mesh for crying out loud. Lordy. <laughs> Well, there's been an abnormal number of car accidents in Tokyo recently as a result of the ninja drivers and the drivers outfitted in fencing gear. Um, no, I, I haven't wrote that. would be quite fun, actually. That's a video waiting to happen. I went in Japan's ninja taxi. But again, how's that going to go down? The driver's not going to be like, look at this. I've got nunchucks. And uh, the, um, I can't remember the name of the... Ninja stars. Um, sure ninja stars. Yeah. Like, again, like, what's the driver going to do? Like, pull out, like, no. just drive not by... Not anything ninjury, is it? Exactly. It's not going to work. Rubbish. <laughs> but great PR stunt. But yeah. as of this month, Sam Wakotsu is also trying to do something a bit more unusual, uh, and that is include a system where passengers can tip their driver. Um, as we all know, Japan's famously a country tipping isn't done. Um and a lot of cultural guidebooks go as far as to say that Japanese society would consider it rude to offer a tip. But uh, And that's another good point, right? The whole tipping culture, the reason it exists in Japan is it's kind of awkward because people are supposed to be giving 110% in any industry, mm. whether they're a waiter, a taxi driver, shop staff here, anything less is unacceptable. And I think people would feel uncomfortable, the workers would feel uncomfortable here, feeling like they're being rated by customers mm. and that's one of the main reasons i think tipping culture has never taken off in japan right just a bit awkward isn't it assessing people um, yeah but uh this samokotsu they've decided that uh, there's been instances instances in the past where passengers have tipped the company's drivers and uh, they now want to make it easier and uh, a more casual way of saying thank you um It'll interesting, be interesting to see how many people volunteer to pay them above and beyond what the meter reads at the end of their ride. But uh, Sam Okotsu's driver's encounters with a certain number of outliers aside, tipping taxi drivers is very much not the norm in Japan. Also worth considering is that while some drivers might have smoother vehicle control or more polished conversation skills than others, the vast majority of Japanese taxi drivers are already satisfactorily uh, skilled and polite. And that's another mm. thing. I mean, I, I have used taxis a fair bit in Tokyo, um, certainly over the last year, what with COVID and trying to avoid kind of public transport. And I don't think I've ever had a bad taxi ride or someone mm. who's been kind of rude. Um, I like, had a really nice taxi ride just last week in Tokyo. I got in and what I will say is, and compared to like other other countries like in London or North America, you get in a taxi driver, and there's often an expectation that the cab driver is going to talk to you, right? Strike up a bit of small talk and talk about politics and the <laughs> geopolitical situation in the Middle East. There's always a fun conversation to be had. In Japan, they don't do that. There's no conversation. You get in, no. they're very silent, they wear the gloves, they methodically drive you there, and then you get out, and it's job well done. And I kind of prefer that as someone that doesn't really like small talk. But I did have a nice conversation last week with a taxi driver who was asking about um, like where I'm from, why I'm in Japan, and then what I thought about the Olympics. And then I sort of said, you know, what do you think about the Olympics? He said it was a terrible idea. And then he talked about why it would be a terrible idea for 10 minutes. Uh, this was a <laughs> one week before the opening ceremony. I had a really interesting taxi driver once who, who uh, told me a story about how his daughter was – he wanted his daughter to date a foreigner 
and how it'd be a great idea. <laughs> Trying to sell you, sell you yeah. his daughter, so to speak. Wow. It was all a bit weird. He, he said he wanted his daughter to date a foreigner so Japan would become more cultural and have greater links with the world. <laughs> and I was like, this is a really weird plan. I'll do plan. it. <laughs> <laughs> I will make love to your daughter. <laughs> I don't know if it's uplifting or sinister, to be honest. No. Like, oh, yeah, I want my daughter to marry Pete Donaldson. So we can build bonds yeah, between be Japan and Hartlepool. The I um, the uh, I remember getting an illegal taxi, and it was a, a man who oh, I God. think might have been inebriated, and he drove way too fast from Shinjuku to Shibuya, and he uh, he charges each five hundred. Yeah, 500 yen, yeah, 500 yen. And there were three or four of us in the car and he had a little kind of Bluetooth screen where his um, little, uh, you know, stereo, what should have been, uh, mm. and he just played loads of Lady Gaga. Loved Lady Gaga, this oh my guy. God. But it wasn't a legal taxi. So uh, I, I can't speak for legal taxis, but I certainly had a, a few good conversations about how good Lady Gaga was with the crazy <laughs> man who drove us home one night. <laughs> how did you find this taxi? I've never seen a, a, an illegal yeah, just taxi. Tow- yeah, he's just touting for business, really. Yeah, very interesting. Bloody Don't see it very often, do you? No. I remember in China, like uh, I, someone tried to scam me a few times. Like in China, the um, I think the number plates, if I'm not mistaken, are either yellow or white. They're a certain colour, mm. and that's the way to know that it's a, an official taxi. And I remember getting mm. out of a train from Shanghai to Beijing once, and uh, this taxi driver was like, "Oh, you want to go somewhere?" And I was like, "Yeah, take me to X Y Z." And he was like, "Yeah, come with me." And he sort of grabbed my bag and. Like running off with it and I was like oh god <laughs> and then we got the taxi and it definitely wasn't a taxi there was right. no the, the number plate wasn't right he I was like how much is it to get to this place and he charged he, they often it, like charge five times the price that it would mm. normally be and I was mm. like no I'm not bloody riding with you give me the bag back and I snatched it from him <laughs> and it was awful um, and also in China I, I had a problem where taxi drivers just wouldn't stop they wouldn't stop and no. on the off chance that they did, the 20% of taxis that did stop, about 50% of them just wouldn't take you. They'd ask where you want to go, and they'd be like, no, and then they'd drive off. Hey, so, surprise market, mate. If they don't want to go there, I'm not going south of the river after <laughs> after dark. <laughs> but I've never had that problem in Japan, and I, I like that. Like I'm, I've been lazy. Yeah. I've been terribly lazy. I'm like, take me to the end of the road, and they'll be like, oh, for fuck's sake, God's sake. <laughs> One tip I'll say yeah, though: get, right. when you get in a taxi, um, do do pay with thousand yen bills, not a ten thousand yen bill. They do get a little right. bit pissed if you give them a like a hundred dollar <laughs> bill, um, which most tourists carry. Right, as tourists, you have yeah. sort of big denominations, and uh, they don't mm. like that because they have to then decimate their little. Little yeah, purse, which only has uh, a few spare thousand yen notes lying around in it. So that's a little hack. But um, yeah, taxi drivers are good, but they don't know where they're going. And that's something. <laughs> I know you've had that problem, right? The old, uh, if you don't tell them, like, if you don't tell them somewhere very simple, like a massive hotel or a stadium mm. or a train station, then odds are they don't know it. And, it will, and because they don't like to get the address wrong, they're very cautious and they won't go they won't take you until they definitely confirm the address yeah. but the, most of the time they don't know it it's not like a london taxi driver where they know everywhere like the they back don't do the house. knowledge yeah I, I think we they don't um, do the knowledge i think uh i've sort of found it easier to just sort of go yeah just take me to the nearest 
Ecky, the nearest train station. Yeah. And uh, and also, uh, phone, we said it before, phone numbers are quite useful as well because uh, that's kind of like mm. the postcode system in Japan. If you've, got the, if you've got the landline of the business you're going to uh, or just pick a business that's quite close and give the taxi driver that phone number, he can usually find his way to, uh, to, to close yeah, to where you need to be. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point, actually. And failing that, just show them a Google Maps address. Like, get the place up on Google Maps, show them the address, and you should be good to go most of the time. Mm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it can be wildly different. And um, actually, they've started rolling out these big, kind of really nice black taxis that are more reminiscent of the London cabs, which have a lot more space. And uh, yes. I recommend getting in those a lot better, uh, a lot more often than the, the old ones, because they're very nice, modern, clean, and they don't smell of cigarettes. And uh, <laughs> most taxis do smell very badly of cigarettes in Japan. If they're the old style, the old, mm. like, really roughed-up Toyotas, they smell like 1978. So uh, <laughs> be wary of that if you want to come out of the taxi smelling nice. We'll be back in a moment with the fax machine. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Donaldson? 
Uh, this is from Destiny. Hi, Chris and Pete. My name is Destiny, and I live in the awful state of Florida in the US. <laughs> Very enjoyable. Uh, I listen to your podcast every day on my way to and from work. My dream has always been to live and work in Japan, teaching English or doing anything, really. I hear a lot of questions about tattoos, but I'm yet to hear much about uh, piercings, gauges in particular. I have half-inch tunnels uh, and wanted to know if that's acceptable in a work environment. Keep up the amazing work at Destiny. I guess it depends on where you work, I suppose, Chris. I mean, holes in the ears. Yeah, generally, I think no. I think um, they do sort of equate ear piercings and, uh, and tattoos, kind of the same. I definitely wouldn't recommend doing it. Certainly, like a teaching school, uh, if you're in a school, don't do it there. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I don't think you'd really go down. I can't really speak for personal experience. I have never had a piercing, and I don't know if I ever would. Have you got an ear mm. piercing? You haven't. No, been. the only thing the no. only thing I've ever pierced is my tongue when I was about oh my god eighteen, and uh, that hole lasted for a long time. I had it in, in my tongue for about six years, and uh, yeah, that 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 hole was still there. I could still hang my keys, put my key ring oh. through the hole for for a oh. very long time afterwards. How do they, how they do that? How does that work? What do you mean? Yeah, just sort of. Well, I think the tongue yeah, has a hole a, punch. Just yeah, pretty much. Just, oh, yeah, just stick your tongue through it. Yeah, it was. Oh. Uh, it, it, I mean, it ruins your teeth. It really does. <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> can and you I, taste I started, still? Yeah, you can taste still. Yeah, it doesn't, oh. it doesn't kill your taste buds. Oh. I tell you what, bloody does though. COVID, fucking heck! Oh lordy, I've been having, that... um, I've been drinking Tabasco from the bottle just to taste something these these past few days. I put, I had scones with cream and jam, and uh, put hot sauce on that as well, just so I could, just so I could feel oh. something, Chris. You just put so hot sauce on a scone. Are you mental? Yeah, it's nice. Absolutely fine. Did you taste anything? <laughs> Literally anything? Uh, you could you could taste like the back end of like the vinegary uh, side of the of the. You could taste the vinegary side of the hot sauce, but other than that, it was all a bit. Uh, why does it? Yeah, it was quite. Why does hard. it obliterate your your sense of taste? Is because of your nose? Know, it's or, weird, or, isn't it? Else. Absolutely bizarre. Really, really bizarre. Very strange. Stupid COVID. I'm not a clue. <laughs> Stupid. Well, at least this, this is a time COVID. to like make a, one of those videos where you try the hottest like hot sauce in the world mm. and look really badass because you can actually take it on <laughs> and because your taste buds are just broken. Like yeah, if you exactly. had like a, a ghost pepper or a ghost chili, where it is, would you live to tell the tale? Like, would you actually? I don't know. I do because yeah, because I, I guess. Uh... You know, I don't know how much of like heat is in your head. How much you can actually take if you remove mm. the taste side of things? Would you still feel the heat? Would you still feel the heat? That's a good. Heat. That's a good question. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> I know one way to find out, Pete. Uh, we got one here from Mike. He says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. I'm Mike from Belfast, living in Chicago, and I'm five foot six. So finally, a short ass listener. <laughs> to be fair, I think we do have a lot of listeners who are very tall." and not happy about being tall when coming to Japan. Uh, mm. So Mike, yes, you are. You are on the opposite end of the spectrum this week. Uh, <laughs> I plan to visit Japan next year, if it's open. Anyway, anyhow, I know that there is a no-tipping culture in Japan, and I know they are prone to enthusiastic uh, hyperbole when it comes to the taste of food and expressing thanks for pretty much everything and anything. So my question is, is it possible to genuinely compliment a Japanese person on their exceptional service or assistance uh, and not come off as just showing a normal Japanese level of gratitude? If so, how? Keep up the great work, Mike. That's a really good point, actually. That's um, hmm. a really good question. Something that I've often thought about as well. I think that's why I don't... I, I, I struggled for the first few years doing the obligatory... Uh, Oh, you see, Korea, like, oh my God, it's so delicious. Ah, every time you eat anything, right? 
um, and the chef or the waiter or someone comes over, or you're out with Japanese colleagues, typically they'll just go, oh, it's amazing. We see, yeah, it's amazing. And mm. I, I struggle to do that because we just don't have that in the UK, right? Unless it is truly, genuinely exceptional lamb or mint sauce or chicken. Like, <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't know why you mentioned that particular meat or that particular meal. But you, you, like do, you, do, you are seeing it like a lot more these days. It didn't used to be... Um, you know, t- again, it's the typical, it's the Americanization of like the tipping culture. I think in in in, in Britain certainly, mm. um, uh, waiting staff will come over and sort of go, "Is there anything wrong with your meal? Are you, you know, are you enjoying it?" And you know, mm. you'll obviously as British people go, "Oh, it's delicious," even though you might be eating actual dog poo. But it's just kind of like, "Mmm, delicious! Thank you very much. It's very nice." <laughs> I mean, I think I don't know. I think if you if it is truly delicious, whatever you would say, something like umai. Like umai mm. is the, you know, the sort of the high hyperbole of oishi. It's right, the next okay. level. Yeah. Mecha umai next kore. level oishi. <laughs> Mecha umai kore. Mecha means like very. Umai means right. delicious. And kore There's a lot of this. very words in Japanese, isn't there? Yeah. You know, hontoni means really. Mm. Kekko means fairly. That's quite. Cho. Just cho common. means something cho. 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 Yeah, you can say like cho. Cho atsui. Like that's mm. another sort of. Uh, informal way of saying very, um, yeah. Crazy. There's all sorts of ways. Do a whole video. Do a whole podcast on that. On very, yeah. the hundred, hundred and fifty ways to say very in Japanese. <laughs> but honestly, I think Mike, you know, if you come here and you have a good, good piece of lamb, I keep saying lamb because I'm, I'm having a lamb in a while. Obsessed with lamb, wrong. Oh, lamb. Have some lamb. Oh, lamb. Have some lamb. <laughs> it's bloody hard to find it here outside of uh, Genghis Khan lamb mutton. Mm. Genghis Khan. They literally <laughs> named lamb as Genghis Khan in Japan because Mongolia <laughs> equals Genghis Khan and Mongolia equals lamb, apparently. Yeah, you know? Interesting. Yeah. There we go. Um, in Japanese, Genghis I... Khan. That's how they say Genghis. <laughs> Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Show Genghis Khan. Enjoyable. Um, we got a message from Macquarie. Hello, Corey. He's from Ireland. All the best from Ireland. He says, hey, Chris and Pete, hope you're both doing well in this wonderful pandemic world. I understand through videos and previous visits a few years ago that Japan is largely a cash-based society, with the exception of using the old Suica card almost everywhere. I lived in China for a year, and the convenience of being able to pay for everything through your phone is the best part. So I'm interested to see if Japan might be moving more towards digital payments now i'll say now chris uh, things are moving fast but on the in the next show wednesday's show we've got a very interesting news story about uh, <laughs> someone who subverted the whole online payment system uh, so look out for that yeah that's right we've got a story of someone who broke all the rules but in, mm. it's one of those situations where you kind of think that's very clever and they deserve to get away <laughs> with it to some extent i don't think anyone yeah. got hurt although it is robbery but you'll see what we mean in, uh, in the next episode. But, uh, yeah, you do have Suica cards, and there is something called PayPay, uh, which is sort of taking off right now. I hate the name mm. of that. It just sounds really... PayPay. Mm. PayPay. <laughs> well, they like onomatopoeic stuff, don't they? It's like, PayPay. They do. PayPay. PayPay. And I know that a lot of places are rolling it out and offering, like, discounts. Like When I went to see Natsuki a few months ago, I went to a steak restaurant, one of my favourites, and uh, he said if we use PayPay, we'd get, like, an, an instant 20% discount because it was being subsidised by the local government or something ridiculous. So, cool. yeah, they're really pushing it. They're really going all out. PayPay. PayPay. Nice. But uh, <laughs> as you'll see, PayPay doesn't always work uh, out mm. the way you want it to 
in the next episode. Keep the stories, <laughs> questions, comments coming into a Broad Japan podcast at gmail.com. For now, guys, no matter where you are out there in the big wide world, enjoy the next few days. We'll be back on Wednesday. It's all over again on the Abroad Japan podcast. But for now, have yourselves a good one. Bye for now. Abroad in Japan is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.